floating down the Amazon with illusions of scientific grandeur. It's time to face a horrific voyeur in Creature from the Black Lagoon. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. I expected like a, a black pit in this movie, and I was sorely disappointed. They just no called it the pits. Black Lagoon. Yep. It was a beautiful mm-hmm. lagoon. There's nothing black about it. It was beautiful. Well, it was black and white. Oh, okay. <laughs> good points. Good points. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men vs. Women podcast, the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves. This week, as we try to stay alive, we're discussing Creature from the Black Lagoon. And with us, as you've already heard, we have the K's to our Davids, our wives. <laughs> Hi. Hola. And we have the Guild Man himself, Eric. And the Wait, Alex. The bulging growth <laughs> on my neck, Eric. <laughs> oh, man. What? Because of the way you, you have breathe. a bulging growth on your neck? Bulging oh, bulging frog neck thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Hey, they can't all be winners, all right? I'm already regretting having Cece on here. She's just already <laughs> slandering me over here. Sorry. <laughs> Cece's already making fun of you, and we haven't even started the episode. <laughs> I know. I know. That's impressive. It's yeah. just one of those days, Eric. Neely, yeah. do you ever have one of those days? Eric, do I ever have one of those? Well, I think I think the the reality is, does she ever not have one of those days? <laughs> That's what I expected. <laughs> it's like maybe nine out of ten days are those days for yeah. knees. When they say find someone that supports you, what they really mean is find someone that will take the legs out from under you at every turn. Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> now you're slandering me. Yeah. Man, maybe they aren't the K's to our Davids mm-hmm. because K was pretty supportive. Yeah, maybe they're the Gilman to our mm. Davids. <laughs> Maybe we're the K's and they're the Gilman. No, there you go. <laughs> uh, oh. Well, let's let's go ahead and jump in because we have a couple extra guests, Alex. I guess we'll have to get started with this film conversation. Yeah, I'm holding um, <laughs> Archer right here. Prepare to hear noises because he is wide awake. So we have three guests if we include Archer. Archer. I love it. All right, let's go ahead and jump in. Thanks to the direction of Jack Arnold, Creature from the Black Lagoon feels unique to the pantheon of universal horror films. But does this departure from the mold make us prefer the same old, or does this new view come as a sort of breakthrough? Neely, what do you think? Hold on, do you rhyme with like every question now? No, but that one did. That one rhymed, okay. Um, By accident, right, Eric? Yeah, by accident. It just starts happening after a while. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just natural. Well, okay. So does this departure from the mold make us prefer the same old? Okay. My thought <laughs> was, I don't know, because I have not watched this uh, set of Universal Monster 
films. I thought you were about to say I haven't watched this film yet. I was like, I watched it with you. (laughs) (laughs) And so I don't know how it differs from the other ones you have Mm. watched. I mean, I've seen bits and pieces of Frankenstein or Dracula or whatever, but I can't really answer this question. So Over to me. I'll give you a, a little hint. Yeah, give me a little hint. How's, well, it, how's it different? I See, I, I think it, it, it may not differ in a ton of different ways, but I think it has – the creature isn't uh, – or Gilman, if you want to call him that, but the creature isn't probably the most popular universal monster. But I think this film lays the foundation for what we see in more modern-day horror films. You definitely have the tension building uh, more so. This film is more intense in its violence. Um, it doesn't hold back near as much. We're willing to kill off characters and sometimes in kind of violent ways. Yeah. Um, you get some interesting shots. Like you get a, kind of a slow reveal of the monster, which we haven't had in forever because we know all the monsters now. And we've just been watching sequels, but this is the first time we've seen the creature. Um, so there's several things that for me made this a, a sort of breakthrough when it came to our uni- universal series. Um, but CC, I'm curious what you thought. You know, now that, now that I've listened to you give your little spiel, Eric, I'm thinking about my answer. Cause I'm kind of like Neely. I don't have the greatest point of reference when it comes to this, because I've watched some of the movies with Alex, but like also fallen asleep through half of them. So it's hard for me to compare this to the others. Although I will say that I did really enjoy the setting. I liked that they were in a jungle. Whereas all the other ones that I've watched have been like in a city or like on a countryside. And it's just really foggy and gross. There was no fog in this one, was there? No, no fog. Yeah, there was no fog. Just beautiful water. Um, except for the, the man fish, I think, as they call him at one point in the movie. Yeah, I think he's like now referred to as the gill man. Kill me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I I I liked it. I thought that it was great. Oh. Yes. Okay. Um yeah, I, I for me, I think things here are are definitely maybe, you know, elevated the genre in some way. I could see how filming underwater uh being particularly mold breaking. I don't know how many films at the time were doing this, but it certainly couldn't have been that many. Um but the way that they executed it was definitely something special uh unlike its narrative that i feel like is actually kind of derivative of other things we've seen in the universal monster series so far we've seen slasher fix or flicks uh, i think this one was executed maybe better than some of those but the, the story wasn't quite unique while the setting and the monster and some of the filming techniques i think were um but i do think like the biggest special thing here is the special effects because i was mm. very impressed by the monster here. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, th- I do think the narrative itself is pretty straightforward. You're not getting anything too complex in the story. Uh, but what, another thing that kind of surprised me about this one was this film was, I, I think this film was trying to be kind of sexy. Uh, I mean, <laughs> most of the film you had, uh, well, you had Kay who decides to go to the Amazon in like her fancy swimwear Right, yeah. but then you've got you've got David and Mark, two uh, definitely showmen, and their tight little uh, swim trunks. Ooh, ooh. But without they, yeah, without tops like on, like half half dressed, 
half of the movie, or at least probably three fourths of the movie, they're they're half dressed, and you know we get some close ups. I would say like less than half dressed. Less than half dressed. <laughs> like Neely quarter says. dressed. So Neely has been paying attention. She's been <laughs> paying attention dress. to David. And I'm Mark pretty here. sure you commented on their shorts more than I did. <laughs> that may be true, uh, but I I thought that was kind of interesting too because I feel like it was kind of pushing the boundaries which we see modern horror films trying to trying to do that they're they're very sensual in that way and this film was definitely the most sensual film that we've gotten from the universal series Mm, Um, but what what surprised you all well neely do you want to go first because i'm going to piggyback off your answer (laughs) sure what surprised me about this film well there were several things that kind of made me laugh but Um, I'll go with how everyone so willingly and without hesitation would just jump right in the water. Mm. I mean, like Kay just goes for a little, (laughs) it was a nice dive. It was a really good dive, but, um, just into the water, a little backstroking. I'm like, I mean, I guess she didn't know that the monster existed at that point. Still, I'd be worried about piranhas if it were me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, supposedly in the Amazon. But at the same time, it's like, is it even a horror movie if you're not talking to the TV when they're making these choices and you're like, no, no, uh, what are you doing? You know? So, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Neely, because that was the first thing that I thought was like when they just jumped right into that water, I'm like, they showed an alligator earlier. True. Mm. And you're just jumping in there all willy-nilly like, I just want to take a swim. And another thing that really took me took me aback and had me shocked was how nice Kay's hair looked the entire time. <laughs> like, she's in the middle of the Amazon and her hair is just gorgeous. And so that actually took me out of the film a little bit. It's oh, a critique I true. have. She should have mm-hmm. had frizzy, crazy hair. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. a ponytail, frizzy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what kind of product she had back then. There may have been something not no longer FDA approved. Probably oh, was. Yeah, for sure. Some kind of Aquanut spray that <laughs> kills. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> little little did you know that Julia Adams died of cancer in 1982. Stop. Exactly. Uh-huh. And it was the hairspray she used on the ship. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Good Lord. We just completely make up facts. Facts are optional on this show. so <laughs> and, it, and it's up to the listener to decipher which ones are true and which ones are not. <laughs> One-fourth of the things that we say are true. Exactly. So. One-fourth. Take it at that. At most. Just like these, how these men are dressed. One-fourth. Um, <laughs> what about you, Alex? Yeah, for me, I think the biggest shocker was how well the creature suit moved underwater. Mm. While still looking like absolutely stellar, I, I, I couldn't believe that they're they were able to make the suit light enough for someone to swim in, and not and look good enough that it didn't look ridiculous. Um, I just and also just the maneuvers that they're doing underwater. It's not just basic swimming; like this thing is like doing backstrokes underwater to keep up with K. Mm. It's just really cool. Um, so I was really impressed with that. And then I was also surprised, as you all mentioned earlier, uh, that this, I get, actually, I'm going to save that for later. Well, yeah, I'm going to save that for later, but I'm with you all about the, uh, the swimming in the Amazon. That's some dangerous stuff there. 
but keep yeah. us in suspense. <laughs> yeah, I'm keeping you in suspense. I'm, I, I know we got another point later on that this applies. If we to. want to hear what Alex has to say, we are going to have to wait a little longer. Yeah, you have to wait in. for MVM Plus. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm also uh, wondering like if, if this filming took place in a tank or not. It didn't look, it didn't like, look a like a tank. It could have been, but it didn't look like it was filmed in a tank. But I am very impressed with how I they think... did it. I mean, some might have been, but I think I read uh, some of it was filmed in Florida. I I did see some of it was Florida, and this is an MVM first, everybody. Research has been done. <laughs> <laughs> Please note it was not done by Alex or myself. Please note on the record. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is amazing. Were, were there any aspects of this film, we really touched on positives so far, but any aspects of this film um, that had you questioning things or that you weren't so sure about? We mentioned the narrative, but anything else, Alex? Uh, yeah, this is one of the points I left everyone in suspense for, and I'm t- it's totally worth it. It's just me agreeing <laughs> with Cece and Neely about Kay jumping in the water, like Cece said, after we have not one, but two shots of alligators jumping in the water beforehand. And then she's just out there, like, backstroking by herself. Like, okay, you could sell me on the two guys going in there. You know, buddy system, right? Maybe a gator won't go after two guys swimming next to each other. They're both pretty big, right? Intimidating. But one one person out in the open, backstroking, and I... Mm, I mean, that kind of hurt her believability for me because all of a sudden I was like, "She's crazy." maybe Kay is dumber than I thought she was because I thought <laughs> she was pretty smart up until this moment of the film. I was like, I don't know if they're trying to, <laughs> they're really damaging my view of her by making her kind of seem a little buffoonish. Well, I, I, I did like how all of the people on the ship were like, what are you doing? And they're like trying to get her to come back and she's mm-hmm. just whatever. I'm out here in my gorgeous swimsuit. I'm too beautiful yeah. to be eaten alive. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say I, I agree with you all. Like on a rational level, it, it makes zero sense. But on a filmmaking level, it, it was it was fun to see. There were just some really creative shots there with the creature and Kay like mirroring, you know, like he's like right underneath her. Uh so I, I thought it was a cool moment in the film as far as like the filmmaking was concerned. Does it make logical sense? No. But does it kind of move the narrative forward and provide an opportunity for the filmmakers to do some cool things with kind of the choreography of their swim motions? Yes. So I was like, yeah, it makes no sense, but I'm going to live with this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Were, was there anything that you were questioning? In the film? Me? It wasn't that? Yeah. Um, yes, but I think it's it's probably the same thing that you questioned, Neely, which okay. is what? Which was, how realistic was it that there were marine biologists dumping poison into the ocean <laughs> and killing a bunch of fish? Um, I don't know. Maybe they, were... they did that in the 50s, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they wouldn't do that today. Not only did they throw it in the water and then all these fish died or came to the surface. Then they also swam in it themselves. Yeah. They were like, he was out there with the little gun shooting this stuff out mm-hmm. and just swimming in it. And I was like holding my breath, I think watching. It. That's the other fun fact is the rest of them actually died. 
from cancer <laughs> seven years before Alex. the actress played Kay. <laughs> See, that, that, that powder was actually the same thing that Kay used in her hair. <laughs> oh my God. That powder was actually flour is, and water. Which is why <laughs> the fish man didn't get near her when she was backstroking out there by herself. Oh, uh, that's what it was. <laughs> uh, I'm filling in plot holes over here. <laughs> wow. Wow. It makes sense now. Cece, what about you? Any, anything... You're questioning here? I agree with the poison. Also, at one point, Kay throws a cigarette butt into the, the water, and I'm just like, how rude. How rude <laughs> yeah, is that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's very... Um, Biodegradable. Well, it's a very American thing to do. He's just She's just like, I don't really care yeah, she's about... Like, I mean, this is... This is my land yeah. now. That was a commentary on colonialism in the Amazon. <laughs> wow, well, Alex. Wow. You, that's wow, that is amazing. <laughs> you you read really deeply into this. You really did your research. You read some articles. Yeah. Wow. Well, how many how many think pieces did you read, Alex? At least twenty to thirty. Wow. <laughs> One wow. other thing that I noticed that bothered me, and this was at the very beginning of the movies, when the paleontologist guy is like finding the skeleton hanging out of that rock face and he just rips it out of the rock <laughs> face. I was like, he didn't even really have to rip it though. It just kind of. <laughs> it was like barely hanging on. <laughs> yeah. And then he just grabs it with bare hands. I was like, good Lord. Like, Listen, it was the find of the century. Yeah, I get it was the find of the century Susie, until he ruined it. Are you a paleontologist? I feel like I could be. I feel like I'd be a better paleontologist than him. <laughs> okay, that might be fair. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know proper protocol for ripping bones out of walls. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do I. Nor do I know a pro- proper protocol to transition to our MVM Plus announcement. Oh. But this week on MVM Plus, we're going to sit down with executive producer Faye to talk all things Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, we'll get her awards, her thoughts on her favorite universal monster. Uh, I'm excited about that conversation. You can find that over on patreon.com forward slash MVM pod. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into our awards, starting with compelling character. Alex. I got to give it to Kay Lawrence. Woo. Of course thought, you did. I mean, there's just a lot to compel. It's mostly <laughs> intelligence related. Um, oh, her- yeah. You were <laughs> attracted by her mind. Uh, <laughs> I just thought she was very talented. But mostly, I'm just questioning, you know, she compels you that she is this, like, very intelligent person on par, if not maybe even more so than some of the men that she's around. And then she goes backstroking out in the water, <laughs> and you're suddenly questioning how intelligent is this woman? So maybe she's just very intelligent, but also impulsive. But either way, she's compelled me, and I've been thinking about it ever since. <laughs> you are you are the Gill Man, as I said. <laughs> I am the Gill Man. What about you, Cesar? Uh, what about me? Yeah. Oh, um... I thought that one of the more compelling characters was Dr. David Reed because he was kind of like, hey, we should, we should, you know, stay and get our stuff. And he's like, hey, we should get out of here because there's this monster that's killing people, which I thought was a very reasonable thing to to think. Like, we can come back later when we've got more people with us. So I was like, okay, David Reed, that's good for you. And then I also really just admired the fact that when he was swimming underneath the water, he stopped and he got Kay a flower. Mm. I was like, that's so sweet of him. That was sweet of him. One of the things I did like about this movie, and you kind of brought up an element of it, is when he's like, we need to go. 
yeah. they actually leave, and the Gilman traps them. Yeah, with the with the logs. I love that element of. It. I did not expect it to kind of go there. One thing that I mean, we didn't really talk about the love triangle yet, but but maybe we should touch on that for just a second. Uh, CC, it sounds like you are pretty strong. Uh, hashtag Team David. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, we're, we're Team David in this family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neely, what about you? Are you Team David or Team Mark? I would assume Team David. Is that a joke? Well, I mean, Mark, I thought Mark was kind of better looking, personally. <laughs> now we know why he was commenting on his shorts so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely Team David. Oh, and oh, Archer is Mark also is Team all about, David. Yeah. Archer's Team David, too. Wow. Oh, what, okay. what, you're, oh, oh Leah, you're about to slander Mark. What were you going to say? Well, he's just like... Uh, he's kind of prideful and like, oh, no one ever comes back from there. Let's do it. You know, <laughs> like he really wants to put on a show and everything. So yeah. I'm not about that. No, I actually, the point with the, the love triangle that I think is funny. And uh, I honestly thought when you were talking about a love triangle, uh-huh. you were talking about <laughs> David and, and the Kay creature and, and Gilman. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's not really a love triangle because David and Kay no, it's a love committed. square. Love square, yeah. <laughs> we got to have four. Um, it, it's funny that uh, it's like thrown into the movie, and I guess it is a pretty crucial plot point for the movie. But I think the point of it is like they're having this sort of love triangle conflict while facing this major existential crisis, and there's that point where the guy. Uh, I can't remember his name, but the one that gets severely uh, mangled but doesn't die and he gets all the bandages on him. Oh, the uh, scientist that just appears in scenes and leaves him? Yeah, the scientist, yes. He is talking to Kay about this love triangle situation, and they're like having this, like, they're supposed to be on watch. They're like, <laughs> the monster is right there in that little cage on the ship, and they're supposed yeah. to be watching him. And they're having this little uh, conversation about this love triangle, and all of a sudden, the monster escapes, right? And yeah. it's like, well, guys, all you're supposed to be doing is watching this monster. And here you are having this petty conversation about a love triangle while you have a monster three feet away from you that you're supposed to be watching. Uh, it's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, Neely, who is your compelling character? I was going to say the monster. Um, I think he was intriguing to me because I couldn't predict his behavior i like uh, you feel like he's a threat from the beginning but then you're kind of like why is he a threat what is he after is he really after anything i mean he has something for k but is he really all that threatening um i mean he moved pretty slow out of the water very Mm. kind of like (laughs) (laughs) very slow he can move a little quicker underwater but i'm like I don't know. I just couldn't quite predict him. So I guess that was what made him compelling. We kind of joked about a message, but this film kind of doesn't have a great message or like any sort of coherent message. I feel like because it wants to kind of build sympathy for the monster, right? In a sense. But the first thing that the monster does is kill two innocent natives, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, uh, okay. So this mom, it like comes on land to kill these natives yeah, and so that doesn't feel very. I'm, I don't feel like sympathetic towards the monster immediately, right? Yeah. Uh, now David does 
for some reason. But we never get an explanation as to why he feels that way. But he is always kind of trying to hold him back. He wants to capture it and not kill it, which I appreciate. But uh, I think the film probably could have leaned more into that element because it could have it could have really played up that sympathy and you might have felt something a little bit more for the monster at the end but i didn't quite like i should yeah you immediately feel like he's a threat because that's the first thing we see him do but then really it's like how threatening is he yeah i don't know interesting yeah yeah my my compelling character is captain lucas though um yeah he does a couple (laughs) i mean he has a couple questionable things that he does but uh, I do like how he stands up to Mark when Mark tries to tell him what to do. He's oh, like, yeah. nope, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm the captain of this ship. Um, and he just doesn't back down. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, so I, I'm a, when it comes to hashtag Team David or Team Mark, I'm hashtag Team Lucas. Oh, Love wow. quad, love Pentagon. <laughs> I also like that Lucas always says his name when he's speaking. I, Lucas. Yes. He says that a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That immediately makes him a likable character. Yes. yes. That's why I've recently, that's why I, Alex, have recently taken this on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, Eric, am going to transition us to our next award, the most memorable line award. Neely, what'd you have? I, speaking about Captain Lucas, I. Liked his line when <laughs> yeah, he had some good lines in general, several, but mine that made me laugh that probably shouldn't have was whenever they discovered the two dead natives in the tent and they're all just kind of standing there like, what happened? How could this happen? And he's like, I think maybe Jaguar. Jaguar's claws, they rip like this. <laughs> and he's like moving his little claw-shaped hand up and down real fast, like, like this. And you're just like, it made me laugh. I'm like, okay, is this supposed to be a serious moment? Because that looked ridiculous. It did. It was just, that was a good I, one. I'm glad, I'm glad Neil is not the permanent host of this podcast because she just would have been canceled for that accent right there. So. <laughs> and, and my emotions that you can't see. Yeah, I'm glad you can't see her emotions right now because she would have been double canceled. <laughs> uh, Cece, how about you? You know, I had a lot of trouble figuring out a line from this because nothing really struck me. I didn't find anything super profound. So... I'm gonna give it to my man Lucas, because at one point I think it's when they're when they're trying to figure out how to get rid of that tree branch with mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. machine. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he says they're like, oh, uh, he's like, oh, it, you know, it's impossible to move. It's impossible, but I, Lucas, will do it. <laughs> I, Lucas. And guess uh, what, you guys? He did. He did, he did eventually. Yeah. It took some finagling with that little... Uh, did he stay on the boat and not get in the water? Yes. Yes, he did. But he did lift it <laughs> He up. was a smart one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alex. I had another... I had a Lucas line as well. I mean, he had oh, all the good ones. We are Team Lucas. <laughs> yeah, I guess we... Oh, little, oh, Archer has some words. What is it? Okay. Good. That's like good. quite the input. Wow, I forgot about that Lucas line, but that's great. Yeah, (laughs) I think that was while he was lifting something. That's Um, true. (laughs) My Lucas line was, um, I can tell you something about this place. The boys around here call it the Black Lagoon, a paradise. Only they say nobody ever comes back to prove it. (laughs) Uh, That's amazing. (laughs) Uh, That makes no sense. That's a good one. Exactly. Uh, What about you, Eric? (laughs) 
I think mine was either it's right at the beginning of the film, and it was either Lucas or the Bible that said this. I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> but it was in the beginning. I, Lucas, created the heaven and the earth. <laughs> and the earth was without form and void. It was either, I can't remember if it was God or Lucas, but one of the two. Uh, but actually, I really did appreciate the beginning of this film and how it opened up. Because it just, it showed like, uh, we have some intentions here to, to go epic in our scope. I don't know if it quite comes back to that um, really but I, I do like the fact that it's willing to go there and, and try something different so I, I like that opening it had me intrigued right from yeah, the very beginning that caught my attention for sure I was like wow we're quoting the bible here right <laughs> at the get-go that's different at the beginning of our movie yeah, yeah. Uh, all right can't believe the acting award CC. what about you I'm gonna say the monster whoever mm-hmm. whoever was in that suit because I personally cannot swim i've never been taught how to swim so i can't yeah. swim in a regular swimsuit let alone a monster costume <laughs> so maybe I, you can you haven't tried oh i yeah that's true but i would probably just sink to the very bottom of that lagoon and then i would need gilman to save me but he'd probably mm-hmm. just probably just worry yeah, but, probably but just i don't me. know he's just carrying around k so maybe he would save you yeah that's true that's true but um anyways very impressive acting from the monster yeah, looking at the what's interesting is looking at the credits for the Gilman. You've got Ben Chapman, who's credited as him on land, but then you've got Raku Browning as the Gilman underwater. Um, so maybe they got some sort of synchronized swimmer to get in the suit there, Raku Browning. Um, I'm, I'm sure somebody's yeah. going to tell us, yes. like Henry is going to tell us. Well, you know, actually, yeah. <laughs> I can fill in. I can fill in for Henry and give you some more of my research. Oh wow, we have a researcher in our midst. <laughs> I just, I just researcher like Neely, tell me what you found out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> New segment on well, the show. I was curious too because I'm like two different actors playing him. Well, they had two different suits. One was more lightweight and a lighter color for underwater and um, they had a darker suit for out of water and they had two different actors. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they also had, okay. They had to have two different suits because there was a significant height difference between the two actors. Mm. They couldn't share the same suit, but something like the guy who did the underwater segments, they just liked the way he swam underwater. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so they asked him if he would do it. I think he was like working on the film set. Oh, oh really? Interesting. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that wow. may or may not be accurate. <laughs> Our man, our research team here at MBM is top notch. <laughs> what do you expect from a podcast that doesn't normally oh, normally research? <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> but but Neely, what was your uh, can't believe the acting award? I gave it to Kay. Um, I thought all the actors did a good job in this one. Uh, sometimes in these older black and white films that I watch, it feels like the acting is a bit over dramatic or exaggerated with really drawn out speech and actions. But for some reason, I never felt like that when I was watching this one. I don't know if I was just really into it or what, but I thought Kay did a good job and she was believable in all of her acting and, um, she held her own as the only female cast member. So I liked her. Nice. Alex? 
Uh, for me, it had to be uh, Richard Denning as Dr. Bark Williams. I thought he played a good scumbag. Yeah. Yeah, um, good I thought trick. he did a really good job, and as you all said, I mean, he's quarter-dressed most of the time, so what's not to like? Alex <laughs> liked it a lot. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't talk about it because I was biting my lip over here. I did think that he was <laughs> the best acted, like, he did the best acting. He did a great job. Yeah. He kind of reminded me of um, <laughs> this the a guy from Game of Thrones that uh, Khaleesi has a thing with. Kind of so, like, all the out. characters? No. <laughs> no, no, no. The, but the, the the guy that was blonde, but then they changed his actor, and he became brunette. Oh, uh, I don't know. But he I know who you're talking about. Someone. Yeah. Oh, that guy. <laughs> I yeah. haven't that guy. seen Game of Thrones, so I have no clue who that you're talking guy. about. <laughs> um, well, I'll go with Mark's counterpart, David, Richard Carlson, who plays Dr. David Reed. Uh, as our lead hero, we talked about, or nearly talked about, uh, not being over dramatic. And I thought he did a good job at keeping things understated. Um, he never really panicked. He was pretty cool and calm under pressure, but that was really reflected in the performance. So I've got to give it to him. No. Um, oh, that's a good shot award. Nearly, let's start with you. Uh, you already mentioned this earlier. Um, about the underwater shots whenever Kay is doing her little backstroke and the monster is swimming parallel to her underwater. Mm. Um, I really liked that. And as you pointed out, it was kind of a opportunity for the filmmakers to do that, I guess, when she went for her swim. Um, and she not only was there their parallel little dance where he's kind of... Um, observing her and playfully kind of reaching for her and stuff. Um, she also had an epic like underwater ballet routine or gymnastics <laughs> routine that she was doing like these backflips with her knee up and toes pointed. And I was like, well, would you look at that? Okay. <laughs> so I, I really liked that. I thought it was fun. Alex. Uh, mine had to be the initial hand, like the, the shot of the Gilman's hand scraping the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just thought it was a cool little reveal to show how scary he was and maybe how powerful because he, he actually leaves claw marks on the thing, which is, yeah, I thought was impressive because I thought that little glove was going to be like a soft rubber. <laughs> I, I'm so, glad you chose that. That's a good one. Yeah. I really, I really like that. Yeah. There's some really uh, cool shots showcasing the, the power of the Gill Man in this. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, right. He has a lot of strength for sure. Um, my shot comes from the second underwater expedition that they have. And uh, Mark is going down. And it's just an interesting camera angle. And there's bubbles that are coming out. And it, the bubbles slowly like make their way across the screen as the, the scene transitions from one cut to the next. I thought it was really a cool way. The, the, really the entire, you mentioned it at the beginning of the episode, Alex, but the entire underwater scenes, those could be done in such a way that it was completely boring, but you actually knew exactly what was going on. They, they were very well choreographed and directed so that you actually knew the purpose of each character while they were underwater. There might've been a shot or two, I think of the Gilman that was reused potentially. Um, but Beyond that, 
it was really cool how clear the action and the movements were in the water when it could have been really murky and, and unpleasant. Yeah. Yeah. And Cece, what about you? Well, I was originally going to say the shot at the very beginning where the alligator jumped off the log just because it oh, made yeah. me go, oh, this is a scary little, <laughs> little place. But the one shot that I kept thinking about afterwards was the shot where the gill man is in the little cage on the boat and he's just sitting there and just staring at them. Yeah. I don't know why. His eyes. Yeah, it just creeped me out a little bit. And I also, like, I agree with you, Eric. They were talking about a little romance off to the side. I'm like, you should be watching him. You have no <laughs> idea what he can do. But I thought that he was creepy as can be, just sitting He's in that little cage. His little mouth, his mouth, like, opening and closing real slowly. Yeah, well, you know, have you ever just stopped and stared at a fish? <laughs> fish are kind of, they're kind of creepy looking if you stop and just look at it. Yeah, they've got some lips. Yeah. Yeah, some lips. Those, those are for kissing. <laughs> Neely's Neely's making the gill man's mouth movement over here, and I'm, this is a podcast, bud. This I, is was a podcast. I was doing it too. He was. It too. He was. <laughs> All right, time for our unique awards. Uh, I've got to give a special award out to the best dressed award, and you already know who this is going to go to. It's going to go to Kay, yeah. who yeah. right after being attacked by a fearsome creature of that. Nobody has ever seen before. Um, she decides to like put on her Vera Bradley top, right? <laughs> <laughs> or like, <laughs> hey, it's all she brought. Okay, I would like, say it's I a mean, little bit more J. Crew. Right. Uh, I have uh, no idea. Yeah. It just looked like a Vera Bradley pattern. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like, what? How do you have so many outfits, and why are they all? Cute, you like you don't you didn't bring anything practical. Yeah, like you didn't you bring anything like, ugly. Okay, what's wrong with you? I made that exact same comment to Alex. I was just like, I want all of her clothes in my wardrobe right now. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, very... which leads us to your awards. Yeah, my reward, reward, whatever it is, award. My award. Okay, <laughs> so uh, there's a shot when the Gill Man tries to grab Kay at one point, right? Mm-hmm. When oh, it, yeah, just, that, that probably happens at one point. At the, This is the first time. <laughs> the beginning. At yeah. the very beginning. Her shoes are so cute. So my award is best shoes. <laughs> best are they practical? Shoes. No, not at all. Eric has already pointed that out. None of her clothes are practical. But she's got style, and that cannot Hands be denied. Mm. Yeah. I want those <laughs> shoes. And I will get them someday. Sometimes it's just form over function. You to or uh, you would understand, Cece. Eric, you just don't get it. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. (laughs) Alex, what about your unique award? Um, Mine's the I believe he can fly award, and that goes to the Gill Man who emerges from that cage. uh, That he is, he's like in the water. His head's just poking out. I don't feel like he could gain enough momentum to just explode out of it like he does but nevertheless he does he explodes out of it um without even like ripping the thing apart he just launches through it well it also didn't look like it was like locked or secured yeah, well. it had I mean, a huge I mean, hole in the top at one moment he's there it cuts to them talking and then he's standing outside of it ah, <laughs> so he flew out of it I mean, that's the he only explanation out. I could find Right. maybe that's in the uh, sequel he flies there you go <laughs> we'll find out next week 
or soon at least. <laughs> yeah. uh, most memorable horror film score. I just gave away your unique you award. Sorry. You what was your unique award, Neely? Oh, my unique award? <laughs> Yours. Oh, it was most memorable horror film music score. Wow. Wow. That's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. So I thought there was really no element of suspense in regards to the monster here with that screeching, brassy music that was constantly... Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it was from the very first view we have of his hand coming out of the water. And then again, whenever we hear him going after the two men in the tent. So I'd love to know how many times we hear those three ascending notes. <laughs> uh, it was repeated throughout the entire film quite often. So I thought this, this, this music and this one really stuck stuck out to me so man that's my word my wife bringing in the research and the music wow yes. just class all around <laughs> neely you're awesome <laughs> you uh, are too all right, Cece. Tem- you haven't been forgotten <laughs> thanks no cc is great <laughs> let's get into our final thoughts and tiered rating alex we'll start with you uh yeah, I liked aspects of this one, but it's something we haven't really talked about yet for me. And the pacing for this one was a problem. It wastes a lot of time. They really want to showcase these underwater scenes, which are great, but they just go on a little too long. We spend way too much time chasing this thing down, trying to take a picture of it, and. I just think that it slows the film down to a point that I'm just kind of waiting for something to happen. And when it finally does, it is pretty exciting. You know, when they, when they, he takes him to the cave and he's holding uh, our protagonist like up in the, wait, is it the protagonist he holds up in the air? Like he's like barely even trying I can't oh, yeah. remember in the cave. It's yeah. like a really exciting moment. But it's just kind of held down by a lot of swimming. It takes a while to get there. And it takes a while to get there. But that being said, the film does have other surprises that I really liked. I like that the Gilman is smart enough to try to trap them in its lagoon. Uh, and that whole final sequence is pretty exciting where he's trying to get the, the chain around the tree while the Gilman is trying to attack him. Uh, so there's some really cool stuff, and we're willing to kill off a lot of characters, and even the ones we don't kill, we do maim at least one or two, <laughs> which is exciting. Um, so I, I want to give this one a Gamera tier, um, just because the pacing really did hurt the film for me, but it's got a lot of other elements that I really appreciate, especially the monster suit. I am so impressed by the underwater scenes in particular with that suit. Mm. I know what's on Alex's Christmas list. Uh, I'm going to be swimming in that thing by the time 2023 rolls around, okay? Uh, Neely, what'd you think? Um, I would agree, actually, with Alex. I couldn't put my finger on it until you said pacing. And I was like, yeah, you're right. It felt like it took a long time to... It was kind of slow, and then a lot happened at the end. There was a lot of action and more fast paced things occurring and then it was over so it Welcome felt to like universal right? <laughs> that, yeah. um, that conflict of the Gilman trying to block them from getting out was great and i liked it but it felt like it was a little late yes um so yeah i would agree with you there and 
I had to ask Eric about this whole Godzilla, Gamera, Gabara, Gabara <laughs> ranking. She, she listens to the show, guys, I promise. <laughs> I was like, who's Gabara? But um, yeah. Who's Gabara? I would definitely give it a Gamera ranking. Apparently, Godzilla is the best. Mm-hmm. But I really like Gamera. So I like Gamera too. It's I true. really, really like Gamera films. So, um, yeah, Gamera ranking for me as well. All right. Cece, what about you? I'm going to do Gamera ranking too, because I also don't know who Gabra is. But, Gabra, yeah. But that's besides the point. The reason I'm giving it a Gamera ranking is because it's in the middle. And I, if, if I were doing the stars, I would give this a three out of five. Okay. There we um, go. Because of the pacing, number one. They I, just, I would probably be a three and a half. Three and a half? So Neely yeah. liked it. She really liked, liked the it. shoes more than I liked the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I think that the pacing, because there was a lot of time where it's like, okay, we're going to swim here, and then we're going to swim there, and then we're going to you know, swim all over the place. But then also the ending just felt very like blah to me because they just you know, kill him, and then that's it. And then it just cut, like, I don't know. I just... Kind of underwhelmed with the ending. Yeah. Mm. So, I agree. Yeah, that's Eric, where I stand. What about you? Well, <laughs> I, I hate to be the odd man out here, but I, I actually think I rate this film higher than everybody else. Really? This is a Godzilla tier film oh, for me. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I disagree. Well, I disagree about the pacing. I actually Marky think the pacing. Shorty Shorts did it for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Marky Shorty Shorts, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I disagree about the pacing. I think it, it's pretty uh, okay, it moves we all along. Know you like slow paced films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it, I think this moves along at a pretty fast pace, actually, uh, for especially universal films that that we've grown accustomed to. So maybe there's a bit of a, a kind of a bias going into it because I was pleasantly surprised by the direction that this film took uh, after some of our recent universal films. I think this is a great introduction to this monster. Um, I think there's more horror elements here um, than we get in several of the other universal films, at least horror elements that we see traces of today. Uh, Alex and I have been talking about, you know, a couple of different series that we might be doing next. I think mm-hmm. this sort of film creature uh, from the Black Lagoon really lays the foundations for some of the things that we're thinking about doing next in terms of horror. Um, so I, I'm I'm a big fan of this one. I can't believe it taken me this long to actually see this film because I, I think it is uh, a landmark film, uh, especially for horror. Uh, and so I'm, I'm surprised that my parents didn't introduce me to this one, uh, but maybe they just didn't want to introduce me to Mark Shorty Shorts. <laughs> Maybe that was um, it. So next week, we have got Revenge of the Creature. Though, Alex, I will say, we will be watching and reviewing Nope really soon. And that could come at any time. So for our audience members that like to watch along, go see Nope so that you can uh, follow along with our review uh, and watch Revenge of the Creature, which we'll probably do next week. It probably won't be Nope next week, but Nope is coming up soon. Uh, we just don't know exactly when it's going to be. But Revenge of the Creature is on the docket. Alex, you have a rhyme? Um, okay. 
So next week we got the creature's revenge. Is it a movie that well we'll want to binge? Even though you can't really binge a movie, um, or will we? It will be so bad that we wish our eyes were singed. Oh my gosh, mm. <laughs> that was pretty good. I was going to use one of those words. I was just going to say, "Will the creature's revenge make us cringe, or will it be so hot uh, it makes us singe?" Oh, what about okay. singe? What? You guys both use yeah. Singe. We both use singe. That's what about this random. one? Okay. Oh, right. Cece. Right. Off the top of her head. Next week will the next week will Gilman's Oh I I, I lost you it. Got it. It's you gone. got it. You it's got gone. it. It's gone. Ella, you are Alex's wife. Yes. <laughs> I sure am. I get all of my rhyming you skills from him. Did it rhyme with Gilman or did it rhyme with No, Rebels? I was gonna rhyme claws and paws. Oh well then why don't you you got this? <laughs> well, do it. <laughs> Give it a shot. Let's get it. Uh Next week in the creature's revenge, will our hearts be won over by Gilman's claws, or will his poor behavior give us pause? Oh, okay. that type of pause! I wasn't expecting. Yeah, that. I was expecting like feline pause. <laughs> pa- oh, pause! Me too. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I, I got one too. I got one too. Ooh, yes. All right, go for it. <laughs> all right. You're telling me that Gilman is still alive after we witnessed his violent demise? Oh, will ooh. he and Kay have another chance, or will there be new romance? Oh, oh wow. wow. Look at that. You really don't belong on this show, Neely, because we got research, we got good research, rhymes. music. And- I'm going to have to give her massage a massage later for carrying <laughs> the show, let me just say. <laughs> Uh, hey, but seriously, thank you, Neely and Cece, for being on the show. It's always a treat, especially when you get to watch a movie like this or Gamera Super Monster, two tiers of, of cinema history that will never be forgotten. Yes. <laughs> and as always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. You can leave us feedback on this episode at nvmpod.com or email us at nvmpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at MVM underscore pod. Become a bargain base mite at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod and receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And if you can't join at this time, a review or a share always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Faye Basier, Christopher Clavero, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Cell Block B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Jew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, the listener, for listening. Until next time, don't be like Kay and stroke alone. (laughs) 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 And try to stay alive. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun.